0: We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystonesportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone.
1: Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, we've been working on our KSN Top 40 Most Important Penn State Football Players. We got through, what is it, eight of them. So we are now at numbers 32 and 31 on the list. Let's start with number 32, defensive tackle Devon Ellis. Six-foot-one, 302-pound, redshirt junior. And before you comment on him, and we're going to hit, just I'll, spoiler alert, I'll mention number 31 is going to be uh, defensive end Smith-Vilbert. And both of them I look at as among those players. Remember a few years ago we said when those recruiting classes were not elite, but we said, boy, they were recruiting on potential. These aren't guys who are are necessarily going to play in year one. But wait, year two, year three, year four. Well, we're hitting that point now. It's time for these guys to step up. If they're ever going to do it, it's now. And when I think of the players from that grouping, these are two of those players that I think of as part of that group that people said, you know what, there's some potential there. They're probably not going to burst on the scene as freshmen, but one day they're going to be prominent players. Today's the day, Dusty. Yeah,
0: th- th- this is pretty much it. you know. And I think with Devon Ellis at number 32, uh, he probably wasn't ticketed to play the role that he ended up playing last year because – You know, Penn State had some depth and injury issues, and uh, they needed Devon Ellis to play in 13 games. He he didn't finish with a a ton of uh, stats, but 15 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, a fumble recovery, heard the quarterback a couple times. I mean, he was uh, a starter in the Outback Bowl when Derek Tangelo uh, opted out of that game. So he's one of the guys, along with Kaziah Izzard, who we'll touch on, I think, in next week's show, uh, that's... Uh, can can really build off of those reps. And, you know, I think the defensive tackle rotation and the defensive end rotation both, you know, Devon Ellis and Smith-Vilbert are in comparable positions where they're veterans who you aren't, they aren't top of mind when it comes to, breakout or explosive players or whatever, but they're going to be important guys for both of those rotations. And I think Devon Ellis um, will be at a minimum somebody who can be part of that second wave and get the job done, who can lean on the experience he got last year. And I think I'm pretty sure uh, last week I did a little Googling of Smith Vilbert for a project I'm working on and our, our well former KSN uh, Greg Pickle, um, did a minute segment on these two guys potentially being impact players. So we have to dig back through our archives. So we have we have that opinion on film on on audio somewhere. Uh, and you're right, this is the year for both of them. I'm not sure. You know, Devon Ellis isn't the biggest name. Uh, outside of PJ Musafer, you know, you've got Hakeem Beeman making his way back. You've got um, Kaziah Izzard, who I mentioned earlier. You've got Fatoma Malba also coming along, Jordan Vandenberg. You've got a bunch of different contenders and Zane Durant, the true freshman defensive tackle. So um, it's not like Ellie's is, is a slam dunk, but I think he's an important guy, uh, even if he's not a starter, an important guy to,
1: to eat up quality reps on the inside, and they need that. Well, the situation is such, as we know, there's really not a starting two defensive tackles. It may be more like a starting four that get rotated. You know, tackle number three and four, um, they get meaningful downs, meaningful snaps, and that might be even more the case where you have a P.J. Mustapher who's coming off a season-ending injury that was serious enough that we don't know you know, that first game of the year, if he's ready to come right in and get uh, full first-team reps, you know, that kind of guy you plant in there, and if it's significant, he will be there. So he may need rotation time, but it's also that time frame for him where he's got to hear the footsteps. You know, Zane Durant has been getting a lot of play uh, this spring, uh, Jordan Vandenberg, an interesting guy who might end up surprising some people. So when you say now is the time, it's 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 a now or never perhaps time for a Devon Ellis.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's so interesting at defensive tackle because you need ideally six good ones the way that they want to rotate players. So it's not like Devon Ellis, if he doesn't take that big dramatic step forward this year, is totally out of it, uh, is going to be replaced, will never play again. It's not like that, but, um, you know, I think back to like Fred Hansard, who um, he, he had an untimely injury, but he ended up kind of stumbling down that rotation and was really just getting scraps last year. So Devon Ellis, you know, you can kind of see that pathway if he doesn't make a move. But you also have, you know, especially with this group in 2022, where you've got your stout, solid guys like Ellis and like Keziah Izzard, who aren't really the, the, the burners. They aren't really the, the first step, you know, guys who are, who are going to win uh, with quickness. But then you've got Hakeem Beeman who's in that category. You've got Zane Durant in that category. I think maybe Jordan Vandenberg is in that category. So you have different types of defensive tackles as well. How is Penn State going to mix and match them? Uh, and then you made a good point too about early this fall, I don't expect P.J. Mustafer to be playing you know, a full game's worth of reps right away. He's a big guy, 330 pounds, uh, coming back from a knee injury, going to have to get up to conditioning. He's going to have to get in football shape. He's going to have to deal with heat early in the season. There's a pretty good chance that he, that we only see P.J. Mustapher for a little bit the first few weeks until he builds himself up. And if that's the case, they're going to need guys like Devon Ellis and Kaziah Izzard to play similar reps to what he
1: would play. I don't see that guy other than uh, P.J. Mustapher, who is that 330-pound guy. Uh, who you put over the nose of the center? So it will be interesting how they rotate the, those other guys and who steps up. Does anybody step up and say, "Boy, he's earned those reps. Got to put him in there," or is it going to be constant season-long searching for that guy? Similar kind of things at defensive end now as we shift to Smith Vilbert. We all know, you know, the three sacks in the bowl game. And, uh, Dustin, it was kind of interesting when you saw it where he was the guy closest to the quarterback as he ran out of bounds. So he gets the sack there. And, you know, I got kind of uh, felt a little better about things when John Scott, the defensive line coach, talked about him last week, saying the light started to go on for him in those weeks of practice prior to the bowl game. So even without that bowl game, without putting all our stock in that as saying, gee, there's his breakout game, the coaching staff still thought he was coming along anyway.
0: Yeah, and the the time frame he mentioned was about six weeks, the last six weeks of the season. Um, This was a guy who didn't play a ton of football. He was more focused on basketball early in his high school career. Uh, that needed some time. You know, he needed year three for sure, maybe year four to really become a full-time football player and make use of that length. You know, he's 6'6", 260, whatever his dimensions are. Um, So you can see it in his tangible skills, uh, but also, you know, as they mentioned, as the light bulb came on, they really have seemed to feel confident that he um, has a high upside. And you know, John, John Scott said that uh, through the spring, he continued to advance and they seem to have legitimate confidence in Smith Vilbert to play some quality reps. Uh, one thing I thought was funny was John Scott. Basically, he, he said um, a couple weeks ago that he didn't even realize that that Smith Vilbert had three sacks at the half. So I'm digging back through, and I was reading down through the Outback Bowl transcripts from James Franklin, and James Franklin was like, "Man, I didn't even know Smith-Bilbert had three sacks." And I think that both, so both of the guys, those guys, months apart, said the same thing, which I think speaks to the nature of the sacks that weren't, "Hey, I'm flying off the edge, I'm dominating the tackle, and I'm beating him to the quarterback who remains in the pocket." This was KJ Jefferson, you know, one of them. You mentioned the, the nearest guy when he had went out of bounds. The other one was kind of a coverage sack where he stepped up in the pocket and it was Smith Gilbert in the middle of the field who kind of did a little stunt and was there. So I think um, those three sacks were great, but absolutely what you mentioned, the work he was doing behind the scenes is a lot more meaningful than those three sacks were. Uh, I think he's a legitimate guy and I think they could use somebody like him because, Again, I'm not ready to say Adisa Isaac is 100%. He's, he's himself again. We need to see that. Nick Tarburton, you know, he, he stayed healthy last season, but he struggled with that previously. I mean, there's not a lot of sure, sure things at defensive end. Somebody like Smith Vilbert is going to have to step into a role, especially if injury or something happens,
1: where he is able to affect the quarterback and he's able to, to get that job done. This is so similar to the conversation we had about the tackles. You have in Adisa Isaac, comparable to P.J. Mustafer, coming back off of injury. Don't know what we're going to get, but we think there's high-level play there. Nick Tarburton coming back, we don't look at him as that dynamic defensive end who's going to get three sacks in one half against the quarterback. But you also have a Dusty. The youngsters, you've got to look over your shoulder um, if you're Smith-Vilbert, and you see Danny Dennis Sutton and Chop Robinson coming to town. And those two, you probably can say, are dynamic players. So if you don't do it now, look out. Someone's going to pass you by. Ideally,
0: you'd have this range of competition be more established players, but this is what you want. I mean this is what James Franklin wants where nothing is guaranteed for anybody. and Smith Bilberg could is just as likely emerge as the number one or number two defensive end as he is to emerge as the number six defensive end. Like you got to hold up your end of the bargain every single day in practice because Chop Robinson is a very gifted athlete. Uh, Dennis Sutton is a very gifted athlete who's poised and mature and I think he's gonna play a role. Um, so yeah, I think you have a full range of guys in this defensive end group smith vilbert is, is one is in that interesting spot where he still has upside left but he also has some experience to go with it especially late last year so he's in a unique position to to maybe take a step forward but as you said he has to uh because this defensive end group has a lot of different names
1: there who have a chance to to do it if he doesn't dustin through the years in doing this show we've typically during the offseason i've had that list of players that would do a segment on It's do-or-die time for them. I think these two guys would be on that list, Devon Ellis and Smith-Vilbert. We'll see come fall if either one of them does step up. They both have the capability. We'll, We'll see if that happens. All right, Dusty, that is it for the show. Thank you all for listening. Be sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show.
0: This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State-Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. In his book, Why Penn State? Author Greg Woodman takes readers on a trip back in time to Happy Valley in the 1980s, a unique era of gridiron success and rapid expansion that gave our university its modern identity. Whether you're traveling down memory lane or discovering Old State's past for the first time, this compilation of rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews helps you explore the why behind we are. Start your journey today. Order online at whypennstate.com.